This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here, here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Rob Pegarero, prolific columnist. We'll also hear a little bit later from Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. And I've got a few personal things to bring up, too, about technology. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. So, Rob, welcome back. I know we have a whole list of things we're going to talk about, such as the expectation for newer Macs. But it's kind of interesting here. I have this iPhone 5C, three years old. That's very old for a phone. Oh, well, this is possibly the problem. It had worked pretty well. It was charged to about 70%, and I recharged it. You know, I just put it on the charger to bring it to 100% in advance of my wife and I going out this weekend for a few hours. So she have a phone in her hand and the thing just stopped working completely. I mean, it's dead as a doornail. You can't, can't turn it turn on, on. You can't turn it off. Nothing works. Yikes. Sounds to me like it needs a new phone. Yeah. You know, I'd say you've got your money's worth out of that one by now. At the time it was offered, I think it was a free phone with a two year oh, contract. Better yet. You can't do that anymore with AT&T. Now we'd have to pay for an AT&T Next deal on iPhone SE. Right. Of course, it was never free. You were paying for it in your service charges. But of course, up I, front, yes, it was free. Yes, I know how that works. <laughs> in any case, you were telling me before we got started that you were having a little difficulty with your Wi-Fi connection, reconnecting to Wi-Fi. And you pointed out to me that you've got a couple of vintage Macs, the 2009 27-inch iMac, which we all know is really a great computer. 21-inch. I was too cheap to buy the 27-inch. Oh, okay. Well, all right. And then you have a MacBook Air. 2012 vintage. Okay. So that one is at least compatible with Apple's handoff feature. Yeah, which I got to say, that's the the one part of Mac OS Sierra that kind of amazes me every time I, I use it, which is that I copy something on my iPad Mini 4, and I can paste it into the, the laptop. And, and unlike many things related to iCloud, this actually works every time. There's been absolutely no drama to it. I hope I'm not jinxing it. Knocking on wood there. Uh, well, he's a superstition yeah. guy. Yep. In any case, everything's working well for you. And that, I guess, is Apple's problem, too. People aren't upgrading their Macs like they used to. I did a story... This week on TechNightOwl.com about the fact that in the old days, I get a new computer, a new Mac every couple of years. And it's not whether I can afford it or not. We're not considering that. It is that people have no more need to buy a new Mac every couple of years. It's four years. It's five years. It's until they drop. And Apple has kind of hastened the process of keeping those Macs by allowing operating systems to really work a pretty good long time. So... With Sierra, it'll work on the 
2009 iMac, even the 21 and a half inch version, and one other computer, I forget which one, plus everything from 2010. And don't forget, this is 2016. That's unheard of for Apple. Yeah, historically, that was on a pretty consistent two years and change upgrade cycle. Now, maybe it was like every four years I got it to, because before I had the 2009 iMac, it was, I think it was a 2006 model before then. And before that, I might have gotten four years out of the 2002 uh, iMac, the one with the, the screen on the, the articulated arm. Oh, yes, that's interesting. I got somebody to gift a articulated arm iMac. I think that was a 15-inch screen or something like that. To my handicapped nephew, Jarrett. And it really worked well. He was learning a few skills. And then someone broke into their home and stole it. That sucks. And we ended up giving his dad my son's power book G4. Titanium power book. Oh, yeah. And then a friend of mine gifted him a Mac Mini from 2005, an original Mac Mini, before it went Intel. And that one just stopped working. So I don't know. But I usually have pretty good luck with Macs. But anyway, let's talk about this. So on the 27th of October, which is Thursday, which is rather unusual for Apple holding events on Thursday. It's usually Monday, Tuesday. So on Thursday, the 27th of October, Apple holds an event at its campus in Cupertino. And this may be the last event that's going to be there because they'll be moving next year, I guess, into their new campus. In any case, this is where they've held historic events for new products. They're going to talk, I guess, about Macs. And I believe that because of this thing that came from IBM. You heard about this, right? The uh, cost of operations uh, figure they've thrown out there? That's the smoking gun in terms of a business adopting a Mac, assuming the apps are there for them. Because it, IBM is saying that they save from 250 to like $550 on the four-year cost of ownership of a Mac. And they've got 90,000 Macs at IBM now. That's a lot of money. But they're telling yeah. everybody, hey, you business and you want something that is easy to operate. Well, they've got five IT people for 90,000 Macs. How can it be cheaper than that? Yeah, of course, this is also an office setting, and there are all sorts of issues that come up in that that you don't really deal with at home. You know, there, there's no, uh, you know, you are your own IT department. So, you know, if, if the computer itself physically keeps on working and you install the updates, you know, things have definitely gotten easier than they used to be. But that's the argument we've always made about Macs. They're cheaper to operate and maybe... They're more expensive to acquire, and part of that is just that Apple has higher-end computers. But in this particular case, this is something that we've known for years, that maintaining a Mac, and sometimes they do pretty crazy things, but maintaining a Mac is a lot simpler than maintaining a Windows box. And Microsoft has never had the answer for that. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, Windows, maybe I've just gotten older, but... What bugs me about Windows 10 is not the usual existential stuff like, oh, you know, I'm living with install and uninstall wizards as you do more and more stuff on the web. You know, the my biggest complaint with Windows 10, the, the stupid calendar app doesn't support time zones, which 
come on, Microsoft is a global company. <laughs> Obviously, they're not eating their own dog food in this case. Uh, but no, Windows 10 is a good OS. I, I like it. It's gotten a lot better. You do need to be careful of some privacy settings when you uh, get it configured. But yeah, I don't mind using it. You know, there are definitely things I miss from OS 10, like the uh, one of the pieces of software I use most often is this tiny little word service plugin that lets me that gives a word count function to pretty much any app that handles text. That's pretty convenient. And it's funny the the little things you sort of obsess on when you're using a computer day by day, and you know it's not the advertised features like here I'm looking at the Siri item in the dock. Uh, in the copy of Mac OS Sierra on this computer. I did actually try using it the other day, and it <laughs> went badly. But, yeah, Siri is not why I installed Mac OS Sierra. Okay, this is a good point, but we'll get back to that in a moment. I want to go back to the new Macs. Okay, yeah. so this announcement comes a week ahead of the new Mac introduction. Obviously, it's showing that Apple has a very good reason to be committed to the Mac, because after all these years, they can even get IBM to pretty much adopt so many Macs across their company. We know IBM is not the IBM of 30 years ago, but you know what? It's still IBM. It's still that other company. It's still IBM and Microsoft. And suddenly we've got this event coming. And the question I have here is, do you think that Apple is losing its luster for the Mac. It's feeling for the Mac because they make so much money from other things, or is it just, well, that's the nature of the industry. More to come with Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now, 1-800-441-0335. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant, too. 
so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call minicpap.com now. 1-800-441-0335. Again, that's 1-800-441-0335. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. My name is Lee and I'm 41. I've been using One World Wave for two and a half years now. I suffered a bulged L4 and L5 disc from a car accident three years ago, and since that time I've been unable to walk long distances, do any minor lifting or just normal activities with my children without having severe back pain. Since I've started using One World Way, I've been able to walk more, engage in activities with my children, and have less lower back pain. One World Way has helped me regain back my strength, confidence, and have a healthier life. I've noticed a weight loss of about 20 pounds, my A1C dropped 2 points, and I have more energy now. One World Way has helped me regain back my life. The results for clients on One World Whey have surpassed the results for most any other supplements as well as all other whey protein powders. One World Whey is non-denatured and frequency encoded. We believe the frequency encoding increases your body's production of glutathione and energy production. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So ahead of Apple's October 27th media event, ostensibly to introduce new Macs, we have this announcement from IBM that they're saving boatloads of money, literally, for the fact that they're using more and more Macs in their company than PCs. They've got 90,000. They're adding, what, 1,300 some odd computers every week, Macs. So now we have finally... The drought of Max is about to be over. Why did it take so long for Apple? Was it a matter of waiting for the chips from Intel and getting a few new features ready? That's the only theory that makes any sense to me. I mean, I don't think that Apple has suddenly decided that, oh, desktop computers aren't cool. Although when you look at the fact that uh, the Mac Pro has gone three years without an update, the Mac Mini has gone two, you certainly cannot accuse them of being uh, of obsessing over their desktop computer lineup. But yeah, Dell, Lenovo, HP, they sell a lot of computers too, and they don't seem to have had problems getting enough Intel chips in quantity. So I don't know what it is. You know, this is a, this is a company that has 
an insane amount of resources. They're they're building a new campus that looks like a flying saucer. They, they were going to make a car. Apparently now they're not because they realize that the car business is not exactly the most profitable uh, industry sector around. And they realize so that Tesla I, Motors has already done what they would do. Yeah. So you know, as, as a Mac user, I've been I've not exactly been feeling the love from this company because, look, I, I, I'm not proud that I'm using this seven year old machine. I'm not paying a 2016 price for a 2014 design. You know, if Apple wants to discount their prices to reflect the the aging state of their current lineup, then we'll talk. But I ain't paying less price on a new Mac that is not at all new. Sure, but Apple's kept up to date the iMac. And imagine a 27-inch iMac with 5K retina display, wide color gamut, which nobody else is doing, evidently, or very few. That seems to me a really excellent value if you want to spend the amount of money it requires. I'm not in the market for a 27-inch screen. I mean, 20 inches is fine. I'm not a graphic designer. I get some qualms about spending, given that you can't exactly use the monitor part of an iMac when the computer itself goes obsolete. So I don't want to buy too much of a screen because, you know, a 5K screen or a 4K screen should be usable for a very long time to come. So, you know, in some ways, as screen technology is having this big advance we haven't seen in a while, kind of makes me want to... Maybe we can have an updated Mac Mini where you're not bound with the screen that will not grow old anytime soon and a computer that will eventually. But who knows if there'll ever be another one of those. All right, let's look at the stuff that's not being updated. Now, with the Mac Pro, which is technically 2013, although only a few copies shipped then, Apple could have updated this by now because you plug in a new Intel Xeon chip. You make a few minor modifications for the new chip, and you're good to go. There's got to be better graphics. So yeah. they could have done this simply, cheaply. Why didn't they? That's the biggest mystery to me. I mean, that's something where if you do you know, edit 4K video or spend all your time in uh, you know, graphic design, that's the computer you'd want. And why would you? And people will pay serious money for it. So what's the holdup? It's possible Apple's looking to make another redesign. And the reason I say that is I think the Mac Pro was a misfire. You know, they looked at the Mac Pro, the previous model with the cheese grater case, and it weighs 40 pounds or something. It's a big, ugly box. And they said, we don't want a big, ugly box. Make it small. Therefore, let's have all expansion be external. No. Why can't there be something in middle ground where you can put a couple of drives in there? You put a couple of peripheral cards. You have more room for memory. You can put two Xeon chips in there. It wouldn't be an awful lot larger because there are ways to make it more efficient. Because right now what you have is this really interesting state-of-the-art computer. And then everything is external. So you've got loads of breakout boxes and RAID drives as one ugly cable-ridden mess. And You're I, bringing to mind that uh, the Jeff Goldblum ad for the original iMac, where he was making fun of the PC as perpetually cabled. And, you know, being this cord-strewn mess that you just described. Well, I have a lot of cables here, but part of it is there's no way to get around it. I have two external drives on my 27-inch iMac. Obviously, I have a mixer that goes in the USB port. I've got 
a bunch of little things that have to be connected. But I do it in such a way that the wiring nightmare is not that bad. It is on the floor of my home office because I'm plugging in 12 different devices and I've got a pair of these surge protectors. So it is a little bit messy down there. Not as messy as it used to be. But I think Apple someday wants to do this all wirelessly. And I think the MacBook is that direction where you would get a Mac and only a very few people will need to wire anything. But that depends on wireless Thunderbolt, wireless technologies. Are they coming? Yeah, Apple has this faith in wireless that I just don't have. I've seen, you know, this very interview was held up because my computer woke up from sleep and did not get back on the home Wi-Fi as usual. And of course, it took me a minute or two to notice the absence of that little icon at the top right of the menu bar. Yeah, you know, not to bring up the whole headphone jack thing again, but there's a lot to be said for physical connections where there's no pairing or anything. You just, if one thing is plugged into the other, then they will work, period, the end. I have kind of a hybrid thing. I've got a wireless keyboard. I've got a wireless mouse. But everything else connected to my Mac is wired. Part of it is I want dependability with Skype. I don't want to depend on Wi-Fi and the vagaries of two-way radio reception. I want to have everything just so. And I don't know about a wireless USB-based mic mixer. I don't think that thing exists yet. But I think Apple knows that it will exist because they're doing the same thing they did with floppy drives and SCSI and everything else. They get rid of the technology maybe a year or two before we need to get rid of it. But they know something is coming because it's probably in their test labs. Yeah. Yeah, but of course, their test labs and my experience of wireless are (laughs) just not always going from the same place. Okay, so let's look at the new Macs a brief period more before we go to Mac OS Sierra. We kind of think it's going to be a new MacBook Pro with this control strip, an OLED control strip, instead of the function keys. Does anyone care? Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, I actually do use the function keys a lot. Like, I guess, let me look at them in order. Uh, Volume up, volume down, definitely... To a certain extent, screen brightness. Um, every now and then I hit the uh, the dashboard key by mistake and wonder, wait, what am I looking at? I think Apple's forgotten that that part of the Mac OS exists. And, by the way, I do uh, use dashboard for a couple of things. More to come with Rob Pegarero on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com. 
a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Ben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. You're in the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. 
and we want to tell you about a special feature of the show. It's called, believe it or not, Tech Night Out Plus. It's a way for you to get a commercial-free version of this radio show. And moreover, you also get better quality audio for a modest subscription fee. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We're looking at the possibility of new Macs on the 27th of October from Apple. And we have the control strip will be OLED, supposedly. All right. So maybe what I see there is they figure that they'll have an API for developers. And if you're using Quark Express, for example, you'll see one set of shortcuts up there. If you're using Word, you'll see a different set. But that requires people like Quark and Microsoft to adopt it. And the chances of that, especially Microsoft, are on the end of zero. Well, Quark 2, as I recall, this is going back a ways. Weren't they one of like the last developers to put out a native PowerPC app? And what they did, Microsoft pulled the same stunt. Yeah, what was Quark did was to sell a new version supporting the newer processors, whatever, with very little new features. But they sold it for the normal price. Microsoft did that with the first Mac OS X version of Office. I remember because I was writing books about it at the time. And it came with like three features or something like that. Minor features. Oh, it's Mac OS X native. I have to pay a full upgrade price because you people couldn't build a native version of your software. Apple gives you all these tools. They give you the carbon APIs. They make it as easy as pie for you. Well, not easy as pie, but they make it possible for any developer, one guy, one gal in a basement, not one weighing 400 pounds, but that's something else. (laughs) One guy in a, one gal in a basement could produce a PowerPC version or an Intel native version of their apps but Quark and Microsoft had to charge a full price. Yeah, the bad old days. Yeah, now we don't have that Apple and Microsoft for best buddies as long as they can sell apps and services on the Mac. But, all right, we get back to this Mac features. So the OLED control strip, okay, that's fine. It'll thinner, lighter, a little faster. They're talking about Touch ID on the MacBook Pro. That's Apple's fingerprint sensor, same as you have on your iPhone and I like that idea a lot iPad now that shouldn't be such a big deal either I mean there have been PC notebooks with fingerprint sensors yeah and now you know Windows 10 is this Windows Hello technology which makes it something that's supported at a system level instead of you requiring to run some funky synaptic software to you know to pick up your your fingerprint login and get you into Windows um so, yeah, it, it's – I'm going to be very interested whenever this these new laptops are introduced and whatever features they come with to see how they compare to – Apple's got that – it's a computer ad for the iPad Pro where they point out all the things that laptops can't do, like have touchscreens and let you unlock it with your fingerprint. Um, that ad is a pretty good indictment against Apple's laptops, although – now you have a lot of Windows laptops that do have touchscreens and do have fingerprint recognition. So, well, yeah, we'll see if that commercial gets uh, quickly updated or not. Well, obviously, Apple owns the company. They bought a Fentech. So they have this technology yeah. that PC companies used to use. We know it works because they've got, what, 500 million iPhones using it. So I, yep. I think that's a no-brainer. I think that's easily added. 
And anything in the operating system, they're supposedly working on 10.1, very likely it has the enabling software in there. Yep. So it's it sounds to me like nothing new. But if I'm buying a new MacBook Pro, is that all Apple can do? I mean, is this true about PCs in general, though? What else can they add to these things? Unless well, they completely revolutionize things in a way that we don't really have a way to understand yet. Yeah, that's where when I look at, you know, what I use a laptop for, what I get out of it, you know, not to do another Windows Mac comparison, but on the PC side, everyone has gone into having touchscreens. So many of the Windows laptops all these days are convertible models where you can fold it around and turn it into a heavy tablet. What I like to think of as the uh, put, putting the laptop into airline tray table mode so you can use it even when somebody in front of you reclines. And with Apple, they've decided that they're not interested in that sort of thing. So in some ways, that constrains what they can do. I think having some kind of biometric login really is important because otherwise, you know, if you have to type your computer's password in 50 times a day, which you will if you have your security default set up right, you're going to pick one that isn't going to be that hard to type. And that makes things less secure overall. And the great thing about Touch ID is that it lets you pick Having to type in a six-character pin is not that much of an impediment because you don't have to do it that often, maybe once or twice a day, not 50 times a day. You know, it gets people to lock their screens at all, which a lot of people didn't do before. So, yeah, physical security of your devices is important, and making that easier would be good. I think USB-C, those connections have got to come. Having spent $85 to replace my MacBook Air's power adapter last uh, this spring, I, I would be happy to not have to deal with another proprietary power brick for a laptop ever again. Well, if Apple uses USB-C, the advantage is there are more generic chargers that can be done because they don't have to follow Apple's technology because how USB-C works is an industry standard. Yep. Exactly. Anybody can and make a charger. You can go to Amazon and pay $15 for a charger. As long as it meets the USB-C standard, there's no issue there. Exactly. It opens up a lot of possibilities. I recently tried out uh, Google's Pixel C tablet, which is pretty mediocre overall. But one nice thing is it, it has a USB-C port on the side. It charges by that. So I can use this tablet to charge my USB-C phone, but I can also use my phone to charge the tablet. It all depends on which the order in which you plug one into the other. Every now and then you are in a situation where your phone has got a lot more battery life than your tablet, and you don't want to have to finish your writing a story on the phone, which I have done, and it's no fun at all. So if I could have been able to charge the tablet I was using at the time from my phone, I would have. And yeah, this is one case where, yeah, you give up the MagSafe is nice, and, you know... Some laptops may die because they're charging on a USB-C cable that doesn't have this quick release function. But I think overall, it's it's going to be an improvement. Now, the big issue, of course, is does Apple give up lightning on the iPhones and iPads? And they won't. They're- yeah. And I'm like, no, Apple, stop trying to make lightning happen. This is just silly. Right. But on the other hand, everything I have is lightning, so it's no big deal. It doesn't bother me at all. It's perfectly fine. But I agree with you that had Apple gone a different way, it would have been better. But USB-C wasn't available then when Apple went lightning. I mean, in the future, I could see where they would make that switch and it would make sense. All right, let's take a look here. But I will just make a couple of final comments. 
The Mac Mini, again, is a no-brainer kind of update. It's easy to do. The MacBook Air, I wonder if we'll get a retina display for it. Apple can do retina really cheap. I mean, the 27-inch iMac is all 5K, and the prices are no different, if not cheaper, than the older models. So I think Apple can come up with an 11-inch and 13-inch retina display and say, hey, the price is the same. Yeah, that would be, assuming it doesn't come at a cost in battery life. You know, I am 4K in general, you know, I guess I should separate this. You can have retina that's not 4K, but once you, the screen gets to be big enough, then it is. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, there are some Windows laptops that have 13-inch 4K screens, which seems to me to be a little bit of overkill. You well, know, they, you just they don't do that on Android, that. too. They go for the numbers as opposed to what retina means, which retina yeah. means that if you look at a normal distance, you can't see the pixels. You don't need anything that's sharper. Exactly. I've written that a bunch of times. But they're not going to listen to you and they're not going to listen to me. More to come with Rob (laughs) Piguerrero on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top flight image editing app with tons of features and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's L-E-M-K-E soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time, Numana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only Numana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the Numana difference. America-made food storage. I love to eat. Yum! There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org.
Attention small business owners. Want to save money on your employee health insurance plan? Learn the little-known solution that could save thousands of dollars on your health insurance benefits and save your employees money, too. Call Health Markets for a free consultation, and one of our 3,000 local agents will show you how to make health care reform work for you. We'll design customized solutions for your business that can lower health care costs for you and your employees. We'll work directly with you to determine your needs. We search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide. You'll also find out if tax credits could save you money. Best of all, the service is free of charge. See why Health Markets has enrolled Americans in more than 2 million insurance policies. You don't have to wait for open enrollment to lower your cost. Call now. Find out how much you and your employees could be saving. Representatives are standing by to assist you. Call 800-930-5137. That's 800-930-5137. 800-930-5137. ProPure Water Filters. Making water great again. Taste and feel the difference with state-of-the-art filter technology. Pro1 G2.0 and ProMax filters are independent lab-tested to NSF standards. Choose from gravity, countertop, pitcher, shower, and inline filtration products. There's a ProPure for you. Buy risk-free today. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Okay, on the Tech Night Owl Live, I want to get past the Max here because we have other topics to talk about. Just very quickly. Then, do you expect to see Retina MacBook Airs? Not if it's going to be the low-cost computer. And I don't know if certainly a Retina 11-inch MacBook Air, I don't know. Put it this way, that whether or not it has a Retina display is not going to skew my purchasing decision either way. It's going to be other things. You know, what, what size SSD comes on the thing? Will it, in fact, have Touch ID? You know, there are some stories saying that they would uh, get rid of the SD card slot, which I'm not really in favor of because, you know, if you have a real camera, you know, and if that camera comes with a proprietary cable, as too many of them do, then that's not a great trade. The alternative is simply pop the card out of the camera, put it into the computer, and you're done. Hey, even so, my car has an SD card slot these yes. days. It's, it's just crazy. Let's just talk briefly about Mac OS Sierra. Now, you and I agree about one thing. We don't need Siri. Yeah. I but Apple this. has made that the tentpole for Sierra. I don't know what they were thinking there. I tried using it the other day. I thought, let's put an event on my calendar. And because, you know, it can be kind of kludgy clicking from one field to another in the calendar app. So I said, Siri isn't running. So if I say, hey, Siri, I hope it doesn't make Siri launch in everyone's iPhone who's listening to this. Hey, Siri, can you put an event on my calendar? You know. What time, what's the time and date? I said something like November 6th, 8.30 to 10.30. And I thought I was saying 8.30 as in the year 8.30 AD. <laughs> and Siri said, I can't put an event in the past. And I'm like, never mind. Try it again. Uh, it got hung up on, I think I was trying to add the time zone as well. That confused it. And then I said, you know, no, I want to change the time. And then it said, make the, make the event 
whatever, whatever. And it said, I can't find the event. And it was just this weird sort of circular logic that was entertaining, but not actually productive. I tried Siri because I have to. It's my job. But you know something? What is good about Siri? Yeah. And the other thing is, like on your phone, it sort of makes sense because there's lots of times where you don't have both hands free. But if you're in front of a computer, desktop or laptop, your hands are on the keyboard already. So it's only going to be in certain cases where it's really handy. And it's not just Apple. You know, there's Cortana in Windows 10, which don't really use it. The fact that the major use I've made of Cortana is on my Android phone, where if you install the Cortana app, you can then have your Android notifications mirrored in Windows 10. So you can then dismiss them. That dismisses them on the phone as well. It's a little bit of message triage, notification triage that works pretty well. But Cortana itself slash herself, nope, don't spend a whole lot of time talking to her. I don't know. What do you like about Mac OS Sierra? So what I do like, I mentioned the uh, the universal clipboard. That's just amazing because this use case comes up all the time. You have some see some text you want to call out or put into a story, but you notice it on your phone. So do you then switch over to your laptop, navigate to the same tweet, same web page, whatever, copy it, paste it into the article you're writing in text edit? No, you just copy it on the iMac, and then it's in the clipboard on my laptop. And this, this actually works every time. That's great. I like that a lot. I like the fact that I got back a bunch of disk space. I don't know how, but I, I took notes on both computers, the iMac and the MacBook. Each one, I got about like over 10 gigs back. And that's excluding the stuff that Sierra counts as purgeable, the sort of temporary files, caches that it can reconstitute on the fly or re-download from Apple if it needs to. So even setting that aside, it uses up less disk space, which on a MacBook Air that's now four years old, and you know I got the entry-level SSD on it, that really helps. One thing I don't like, there's a bug in the calendar app that apparently I get some credit for bringing to Apple's attention. If you search for an event that you've had in your calendar multiple times, or just it's a ways back, it's the search isn't going to show you anything older than two years, two years old. And that's apparently the... In the prior OS, it wouldn't show you repeating events. So it would only show you the last two years of you know, tax day or Christmas or Thanksgiving because it's on your calendar every year at that time. That makes sense. But they sort of broke the search in the current version. You can use Spotlight to dig up those older events. But then Spotlight itself is not really useful because it will show you, yes, you have, in my case, I have 19 copies of CES because I've gone to the Consumer Electronics Show that many times. But it won't show which year is which, just that. There are this many ones in your calendar. Double-click it, and then it will open up in calendar. So Apple says they're going to fix that. Hopefully that's soon. Um, you know, otherwise, you know, it's the basic things that I liked and didn't like about the Mac OS are still around. My pet peeve, certainly on the two computers I use, memory management seems to have just gone off the rails. Safari and or Chrome, either one of them is liable to just lock up the whole machine because some process has gone crazy. And at a certain point, the OS has to bring the app to heel. You know, even if it has to force quit the whole browser, fine. I'm not going to lose any work. You know, worst case is maybe there was some, actually it should even refill in forms. But you can't just sit back and let Safari use up all the memory on my computer to the point where it, it takes a minute or so to, 
you know, command tab back to activity monitor to kill off the, the app in question. That's not good. Mac OS Sierra. I'm with you. I don't have the problems you have because I don't use calendar that much. Otherwise, it runs fine. And I have no complaints. I don't think most people are going to lose anything. And if you must have Siri, it's there. Ain't that great. Let's go to a couple of topics quickly before we let Rob leave the house with Elvis. (laughs) I don't know why I still say that at my age. All right. With regard to cybersecurity. Now, we talked to an ethical hacker last week, Dr. Timothy Summers, who's a friend and he comes on the show every few weeks because I say, I got a need for a security update and he comes in here and he's somebody who is in the industry and has worked with government. But we have now, what is it? The Russians are invading the Democratic National Committee and they're doing all this stuff. Is there going to be a cyber war? Well, I hope not. That can, you know... It doesn't get really funky. And that's not good. So, yeah, it is kind of unprecedented. And I don't really know what... I'm starting to think the Russians don't have a very good grasp of American politics because the number of people who will believe, who will focus only on the, the alleged dirt that's been dug up, which is not that much. You know, all, all these stories of revelations that, oh, people people joke in their email. People think carefully about how to position the candidate. Duh. It's called American politics. You know, maybe the Russians would understand this better if they actually had competitive elections. So I don't know what they think they're going to accomplish with this because I, I don't think uh, if they're trying to push the election against Clinton, they're clearly not making that happen. Well, the thing that comes out about Clinton is people think she's deceptive, but she's not. If you look at this, here's somebody who could off the cuff without notes talk about any of these topics knowledgeably and they'll seize on one sentence somewhere isolated like open borders. Yeah, she was talking about a future where we have shared energy use across borders like electric grids. We're not talking about immigration. We're talking about electric grids. And this is something where we're talking about somebody who has a long-range plan, who is smart enough to talk about this. And they deliberately get it wrong. There's nothing in there, shorn of the normal political talk, that shows anyone being deceptive, even if it's not altered, that shows her materially speaking different than she speaks in public. There are nuances there. And the other thing about it is, Nobody can say in public what they say privately because there'd be lots right. of fist fights and gunfights. Yeah. You know, the, there's, <laughs> yeah, the, I think WikiLeaks in general, that they've, from early on, like they, they were, they played a constructive role in helping publicize the secret negotiations for uh, ACTA, the anti-counterfeiting trade agreement around like 2009 or so. But since then, it really seems like they're spending too much time reading their own PR. And the fact that they have no qualms at all with dumping huge troves of email that have lots of people's personal identifying information. I was talking to a friend of mine who, uh, you know, he's had a bunch of cases of ID theft. And it is unconscionable to just throw this stuff out there without even like, you know, have an intern scrub out the social security numbers. Like they don't care. They, they're so convinced in the rightness of their cause, but no, 
WikiLeaks, go away. We've got more to come. We're not going away. We have Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. Want to build a maintenance-free, low-and-slow charcoal briquette fire that burns for hours? For free, MeatMastersRadio.com will show you how to build a low-temp charcoal fire that's guaranteed fiddle-proof. It's easy and free. MeatMastersRadio.com teaches charcoal barbecue skills on new topics every week. Go to MeatMastersRadio.com. That's MeatMastersRadio.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Yeah, that's what bothers me about the WikiLeaks stuff. Why do I want to know their social security numbers? What does that serve? I mean, if you actually serve, I guess, a legitimate cause, there'd be a vague justification. We're going to show government corruption. We're going to show criminal conduct. And there's none of that here. It's just taking people's statements out of context and trying to make a story out of it because they're so desperate for it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're trying to stay relevant or something. So, yeah, I've... Listeners, if you think WikiLeaks is the organization that it was in 2009 or 2010, it's not. Sorry. It sounds to me if they are so hell-bent on these revelations, wouldn't you suggest them maybe being paid off? One wonders, yeah. I mean, the, the, there is that phrase, useful idiot, that the uh, early communists had for people who would be convinced to, to work in their cause. And Julian Assange looks a lot like Vladimir Putin's useful idiot. I'm not going to say anything about somebody saying they should hack 
somebody's missing <laughs> emails. No, this gets yeah. to be completely preposterous. We're living in reality show world here. And this is just reprehensible. And I think it's done also because they could get away with it. People take it seriously. Oh, we got new revelations. We're going to broadcast these revelations. If the media said, no, we're not going to accept these fruits from the poisonous apple. Right. But if they say we're not going to broadcast, if they collectively, except for maybe a few outliers, said, forget it, we're not covering this. It's not about politics or about any political candidate. It is about the ethics and about the fact here is that it's not showing evidence of corruption like the New York Times gets a couple of pages from Trump's tax return to see that he's taken huge losses that he didn't deny. The point being here is it's not Pentagon papers. It is gossip. And as long as we allow it, they're going to do it. The day that the media steps up and says, we're not going to cover this anymore. Too many competing news sources. Certainly, maybe an MSNBC might say, we're we're done with this. But will a Fox News, will will a Daily Caller, will a Breitbart, although calling them a news outlet is perhaps giving them an excessive compliment they haven't actually earned. Yeah, no, I think hopefully this is a teachable moment for everyone about uh, information security. You know, hopefully no one will ever again email, (laughs) send a social security number or a critical account password in email that isn't encrypted in transit and at rest. Hopefully a lot more people, especially in the government, have gotten smarter about using two-step verification which, you know, there's a lot of talk about these hacked emails, but actually they were phished. You know, there was no one putting malware on someone's computer or phone or tablet. This was people who got an email. They thought it was from Google. They clicked on the link, typed in their password, and then they got owned. And, you know, two-step verification would fix that. Well, this brings us up to tech policy about the government. And these people are not at all sophisticated. And certainly the two candidates are not. I think we saw from Hillary Clinton's email, the big thing about it is that she has no tech savvy about her at all. You know, she's typical of a middle-aged woman who didn't look at technology more than the convenience. Oh, the phone works. I can get my email. That's it. You figure out how to do it. Because I think that's everything. That's the whole controversy about her email. It is somebody getting in there with a thousand things to do, and this is number 1,010. And she says, you know, make it simple. I don't want to run around with two devices. Let me have one device. She gives him simple instructions, basic instructions, because she doesn't have the time to be bothered by it. And then we get all this nonsense. That's a big conspiracy. There's no conspiracy. Donald Trump has no clue about technology at all. It's very obvious. Except he knows yeah, how to tweet, tweets, which yes. really takes a lot of skills. Yeah, exactly. But that's the whole point. We're, we're not picking an IT admin in chief. What you do want is for a politician to listen to the people who do, do, do know the technology. And, you know, I, w- I would hope that somebody would have said to uh, Secretary Clinton at the time, like, look, this kind of setup, there are FOIA requirements that are going to come into play. You know, you're, you're going to have to really you're not going to be able to get away from the official system anyways. You know, let, let's rethink this. Uh, and if she disregarded that's advice, well, she said she made a mistake. I, I think no one would uh, contest that. As I said, she realized 
that she should have been more careful about it and should have taken it more seriously. But you know what? We're not comparing her conduct with anybody else. I mean, what about every other cabinet secretary? How do they handle email? Is it better than her or worse? I don't know. But as you say, we're not expecting the president to be an expert on tech policy, but they certainly should hire people who are. Yes. So no question about that. And for for what it's worth, not to make this an all an all presidential election episode, the people who I've seen listed as uh, tech policy advisors for Clinton, they do know their stuff. Like she seems to have picked people who have worked on these issues for a while, um, you know, have, have seen the mistakes that have been made before. So that's a good sign. Well, it's also learning from your mistakes. Yes. And fixing things. Tech policy. Let's spend like the next segment in the third here, which is what we have, talking about Pixel Phone by Google. Yes. That is the stupidest name imaginable. Pixel <laughs> Phone by Google. Now, tell me something here. I understand the Pixel was designed by some ex-Motorola engineers, but it's built by HTC, correct? Yes. Okay. How does this differ then from a Nexus? So, yeah, that was my question in the run-up to the, the unveiling of the Pixel and the Pixel XL. And the difference is essentially, you know, HTC has been reduced to the status of a contract manufacturer. They have become Google's Foxconn the company that makes that actually makes the iPhone for Apple where you know they have no you know real insight into building it they're sort of Google says here's the design go build this and it seems that there was more of a collaboration on prior ones or at a minimum you know companies like LG and and Samsung Motorola they they had enough they were at least allowed to put their logo on the back of the phone and so with the Pixel, it's all Google. They're also pricing it at, you know, the, the Nexus phones were great because they were affordable, cheap, you know, $300, $400 for a phone that is very capable. I've got one in my pocket, actually not in my pocket, on my desk right now. And the Pixel starts at $650, the exact same price as the iPhone 7 uh, and, you know, any modern flagship phone. So it, it's a different direction. Uh, it's also noteworthy that Google is addressing that price concern by offering device financing for it. So, you know, 24 monthly payments, 27 bucks, same thing you get for a new iPhone. You know, what they don't have outside of the version that Verizon will sell is the ability to get this in front of people's faces. I don't know how that marketing is going to work. Lots of people do want to actually look at the phone, pick it up. And, you know, yes, you can do it if you want to go with Verizon as your your wireless carrier, but then you will also probably spend a little bit more than you would at other carriers. And the thing is still, if you're going to sell this device for the same price as an iPhone or a high-end Samsung phone, show me features that are compelling enough to make it worth that. As you say, Nexus advantages, it was a pretty good phone. It was cheap as smartphones are. It didn't offer anything special. And Google couldn't sell a lot of them. You know, there was no smashing success. So here's something where supposedly they have more control over the design process, but it still has generic processors. There are no special oh, I don't think features. I care about the processor and the phone. That's, I've, sure. I've never heard anyone 
complain that, oh, this just has the, uh, you know, this particular Qualcomm chip. <laughs> sure. I mean, there's nothing special about hardware. There's no unique features. We have better support and some better Google features like unlimited photo storage. But that yeah. doesn't have to be attached to any one device. We've got more to come with Gene Steinberg and Rob Picarero on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e-soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves, home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. 
Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So I've been looking at this Google phone the pixel phone by google and google is offering it at top dollar prices what are they giving us that's better than apple other than a few services well they're making a lot they're focusing a lot of the story around the camera which is the one area where smartphones do still have room to improve so there's that that's good you know two areas where i think google has a clear advantage over apple one is USB-C charging. That's that's the standard. That it works. You, you don't pay an Apple tax on chargers for it. And the other, sorry, the headphone jack. <laughs> that is good technology that does not need to be replaced. Now, what I want to see is, you know, how the battery life of this thing fares over time. You know, how's that compare to the iPhone 7s in, in day in, day out use? You know, which we'll be able to take a survey of journalists uh, in the middle of January who took either a Pixel or an iPhone 7 to CES which routinely destroys smartphone batteries because you're using your phone all the time. It's trying to find a signal in the overloaded airwaves, so that runs down the battery even faster. You know, that'll, that'll be a great torture test of both of these phones. Right now, you can try to test a phone's battery life when you're reviewing it, but there's lots of scenarios that are not gonna, you're not going to run up against. So maybe battery life, but Samsung's offer pretty good battery life. Say I'm yeah. an Android phone user. And other than the concerns about reliability and whether Samsung's can be too hot for me in <laughs> every way. If I'm looking at a Galaxy S7, for example, against Pixel phone by Google, other than the Google services, because I read the review of one company that examined the camera on the Pixel phone and gave it a high rating, but said the pictures were not quite as good as the other smartphones. Hmm, interesting. Well, to, to answer your question about Pixel versus Samsung, the difference there is it should be the, the least possible weight for Android system updates and security updates. The unknown is the version of the Pixel that Verizon will sell, where apparently the security updates will still come direct from Google. Verizon initially said, you know, we're going to handle major software updates, like going from Android 7.1 to 7.2 or whatever, or from 7 to 8. And Verizon's history there is pretty awful. Verizon had the Galaxy Nexus. They completely botched the job of that. They shipped updates way behind everyone else. The software on it was atrociously buggy in the first place. So, you know, if your last experience of a pure Google phone 
on Verizon was that model. You're, you're not going to want to buy the Verizon sold version of the Pixel when you can buy the version direct from Google, pop in a Verizon SIM card and, you know, not have any of those issues. And there's also like Samsung, they, they just tart up the Android interface in little ways. And some of them are just annoying to me as uh, an everyday user of stock Android. In On a Samsung phone, you've got, you know, there's these three core buttons on the bottom of the phone, back, home, recent apps. In Samsung Android, the recent apps button is on the left, not the right. Why do you have to screw with the muscle memory of people who used every other kind of Android phone? That, that seems an unwise departure from the standard way of doing things. In general, then, does Google have a marketing plan here that makes sense? I mean, just limiting it to one carrier isn't very compelling. Keeping There's the price the same of- as these other smartphones isn't well, a way to really get some kind of traction, except for people who are afraid to buy Samsung for obvious reasons. It's not It's not actually an exclusive. Like you, you can, and I would say should buy it directly from Google because you will pay exactly the same. You'll still have an installment plan option for you. It will be unlocked. You can use it with any carrier you want. You will eliminate the, the chance, however slight it may turn out to be in practice, that Verizon is going to sit on an update or subject to extra testing that makes you wait for that. You won't have Verizon's apps pre-installed, although they, they say it's only going to come with three apps. One's one to manage your account, which you would want anyways. You can download them later on if you want, but at least this way they won't show up on board. So, But that does require people to get out of the habit of buying phones directly from you know, their carrier, which in some ways is a, a quirk of the U.S. market. That's not how it works in much of the rest of the world. And, you know, me, I've been buying phones. The last phone I bought from a carrier was actually, you know, (laughs) after I bought the computer I'm speaking to you through, (laughs) but not that much after. Let's see. My last iPhone I bought from Apple. My wife's iPhone 5C I bought from Apple. And now I have to, of course, see what they say. If someone from the Apple store, Genius, can jumpstart this phone, we'll keep it another couple of years. If not, we'll have to make a decision. I just hate having it be forced on me a day before we need it. Yeah, I hear you. Not at least since the 5C, you know, it's not, it hasn't been cut off from any software updates. You know, it's a little slow, but she doesn't really care. She's right. happy to have something small. She does not want a larger phone because of the fact that she wears these very teeny tiny purses. And so uh, you only right. put teeny tiny very things important. in them. And she told me, I don't want a big phone. So therefore, I guess the iPhone SE, if we can get the right deal on it, we'll have to see what right. goes there. And we're not tied, by the way, with AT&T because we're right now out of contract on everything. Oh, good. So, you know, we could see maybe what T-Mobile has. Yeah, if their coverage works for you, they've got some good pricing. Don't forget to look at uh, the various MVNO the wireless resellers out there, they've got, um, I'm actually working on an update, an update to the Wirecutter's guide to wireless carriers. We're, we're going to more directly compare the big four and the companies, including their own corporate owned brands that resell their networks. Cause there, there are definitely chances to save some money. You lose some things along the way, but you know, if you don't care about like international roaming or you, know, you can give you can deal with other limitations. You can save a decent amount of money that way. Well, the question about international roaming is very important because if I go to Canada, 
That's an international roaming, though, although it could be. With T-Mobile, it would be as if you're domestic. And I think the same with Sprint. But with AT&T and Verizon, that is not the case. The whole system is screwed up. We need to break. We need a Donald Trump for wireless carriers. I thought T-Mobile was supposed to be that. No, no. No, not at all. Not at all. We're not going to talk about politics here. The thing to mention, most important, about all this is that when it comes to Google, I do see they may gain at Samsung's expense. Well, apparently they're actually advertising the Pixel phone, which they really never did with, I mean, you would see ads for the Nexus phones online at tech news sites, but the the Pixel is getting like a substantial real world marketing push. And Google had the dumb luck to have Samsung completely faceplant with the whole Note 7 fiasco. So they sort of got handed a big opportunity. How much they can capitalize on it is another issue entirely. Rob Pegarero, where can we find more of your stuff? You can find me on the web at robpegarero.com, R-O-B-P-E-G-O-R-A-R-O. I'm on Twitter also, suspiciously enough, as at Rob Pegarero and facebook.com slash Rob Pegarero. You can also look me up at Yahoo Finance, finance.yahoo.com, USA Today, The Wirecutter. Rob Pegarero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, Get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time. New Mana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only New Mana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the New Mana difference. America made food stores I love to eat. Yum! Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. 
What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we have Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer, and I had planned to talk a little bit about pop culture. And then Jeff says to me, well, I haven't seen Tyler Hoechlin as Superman on Supergirl. And I said, how dare you? Did I, I say that? That's exactly what you said. And, and this is what I get for, for trying to be uh, responsible and take care of the stuff that I'm actually supposed to be doing. I, I, I should know better. I should just simply blow off everything and get caught up on Supergirl. Well, the thing I'm seeing here, and I did see the episode in question, the thing I'm seeing is that some people are saying, you know what, based on how this guy plays Superman, they should be considering putting this guy in a TV series about Superman. They haven't had one like that. Well, they had Smallville. Mm-hmm. Uh, this nonsense about the young Clark Kent who took 10 years to become Superman. And then they had Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman in the mid-1990s. Kind yeah, of a that's warm the last and- real Superman show, right? That's right. And Dean Cain, who played Superman, played Jeremiah Danvers, the foster father of Supergirl, on Supergirl for mm-hmm. a couple of times, a couple of three times. And they had Helen Slater, who was the original Supergirl, play her foster mother. Okay, so the first regular Superman 
is Tyler Hoechlin, who played in Teen Wolf. Now, just to bring this out, this is going to tempt you. Supposedly, when the producers of Supergirl interviewed him, they never auditioned him. The conversation was sufficient to say that this guy's got the physicality, and this guy will do it. And he nailed it. He especially nailed Clark Kent because they have this scene that you can see in the spoilers where he's mm-hmm. in Metropolis, he's talking on his cell phone to Perry White. And he's Christopher Reeve in a way. Not as goofy as Christopher Reeve, but he has that vibe, that klutzy Clark Kent. Uh-huh. And then he plays Superman with perfect authority. And what's nice is because I guess they were acquainted, he and Melissa Benoist, Supergirl, knew each other because Tyler had worked with Melissa's husband. So they've known each other for a year or so, so they're not strangers. And they have this perfect chemistry. So suddenly he walks into this series like he's part of it already. You know, this just reinforces my feeling that DC needs to either get out of the big screen movie market or let the people that are handling the television version of characters do the movies because they are nailing it. And and I'm just not seeing that on the big screen. But wow, I just love what DC is doing on television. Well, this Superman character, I think, is really good. Like I said, he looks the part. He's a perfect Clark Kent. He has it all down. And he seemed to fit perfectly into this show, which is obviously shows that the producers of this program know what they're doing. Now, there's yes. one thing, and this is a story that's coming up probably by the time you hear this show. It may well be that Warners, which owns, of course, DC Comics, and CNN will be under the ownership of AT&T. Now, I'm not going to talk about that too much. You've heard the speculation because Mm -hmm. it's likely to happen by the time you hear the show. So next time, we'll talk about it. Not that I think that will necessarily make a difference. That's like Comcast owning NBC and Universal. You're seeing this strange mm-hmm. consolidation of media properties. Yeah, yeah. the place I see it making a difference is which uh, uh, services get content first. That's, that's all. They have to be careful about that. But to get to this, I think is strange, we've talked about this before, that you have two distinct... DC Comics universes. But of course, in the comics, they have all sorts of variations too. But you go to the movies and you see Mm -hmm. this Superman who's kind of a grim character and he's British, Henry Cavill. And then you see the traditional Superman, more like Christopher Reeve and George Reeves Mm -hmm. on TV. Very acceptable, very friendly. The Superman you read in the comic books. And then you have The Flash on TV. That's CW's most popular show. And, and then you've got a completely different actor and a completely different vibe for the Justice League movie. And yeah. if anything else, you're going to have an audience, not just of adults, but kids. And how did the kids explain this? Do they go to their parents and say, Mommy, why is there two different Supermen? Yeah, or why is he angry here but he's not there well or or how about the flash i mean the the flash on television is uh, a very approachable character and there's a lightheartedness 
to that character. But it feels like the Justice League movie, it's going to be this dark, gritty flash, and it's not going to be the same thing at all. I think that's going to be really confusing for a lot of people. Now, if you see the trailer for Justice League, where Ben Affleck, as Bruce Wayne, Batman, visits the home or the lair of the Flash, and he's a very nerdy kind of character who has no friends. Mm-hmm. Totally the opposite of Grant Gustin as the Flash, who's a normal, regular guy who holds down a regular job in the crime lab at the local police department. And obviously, he has friends already. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a very outgoing person who makes friends. And the other difference is that in each of these series on CW, they all have friends and family who work together at crime fighting. So Arrow has his group of people. The Flash has his group of people who work mm-hmm. with him. And sometimes you get different versions of people because of the multiple universes. And right. Supergirl, you have... James Olsen, who, by the way, is going to be playing a vigilante. He's going to become a vigilante to become a... You heard about that, right? No, I hadn't heard about that He's going to put on a costume and become a vigilante. That's going to cause a lot of problems with Supergirl. Ah, That's going to cause a lot of problems. All right. And they've got Windshot working at the DEO. And so there's a team there. And obviously with the new character, she knows if there's a problem that needs more than one superhero, she can call her cousin because now you have an actor attached to that role. Mm -hmm. And I suspect they will have him back. Originally, it was for two episodes, but you know, you're not going to do this and not expect this guy to come back every so often. Especially considering how well he was received. Anyway, go watch the two episodes. This is a nice thing that CWTV has done. And I don't know the ratings of it at all because they don't get the ratings of the major networks. But CWTV is owned by CBS and Warners. And they have a free app for Apple TV and iOS and Android and Roku and everything. You just download it. Of course, you get the commercials. You can't skip the commercials, but it's free. So if you don't watch it on TV, download the app and watch it. Or go to the site, CWTV.com, and watch the episodes. They've made it very easy to see their content. You don't need a special device. You don't need to log in. You don't need anything. Just download the app. As I said, yes, it's got the commercials. No, you can't skip through them. But you don't have to pay for cable television to see shows that way. So, you know, you you get some commercials. All right, fair trade-off. And I kind of bet they have a pretty good audience. I kind of bet you're seeing a little erosion of their rating from last year. But I bet a fair amount of those people are simply watching the shows online. Sure. And that's something they can track. So even if they're losing traditional television viewers, they're probably gaining a substantial number of, uh, of online viewers. So it's probably, a, a, you know, it, it probably balances out for them. That's how we have superheroes. And next time we have Jeff on, I will ask him about his interpretation of Tyler Hoechlin, the Superman. We also have Lex Luthor's sister, Lena Luthor, on Supergirl now as a recurring character. So let's see where that goes. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. 
You know about RVs. You've heard about bunkers. But surviving is not recreation. And man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com. Providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Technology now. We'll do more pop culture next time Jeff joins us with Jeff Gamut at the Mac Observer. Okay. Now, I suggested this once in the past that all these rumors about an Apple car, that Apple in the end would be developing, like Google, self-driving technology. But there was no place for an Apple car because that market is so saturated. And Tesla took that piece away from them. What do you think now? Well, I think that there is a market if Apple wants to get into it. And yes, it's saturated, but that never stops Apple. I mean, look at the smartphone market. They they stepped into a market where there was already all kinds of products. Many, well, all of them at that point were dominant over the iPhone. And right, Apple but the difference being, the difference being is that the smartphone market wasn't warm and fuzzy for consumers. It was for business people, power users. True. You know, we have this image of the sophisticated young executive who had a BlackBerry with a silly keyboard. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Apple created a whole new mass market for smartphones. Very different. We had tablets, but nothing really succeeded until the iPad. We had mm-hmm. digital music players, and I tested a few, and they were lousy before the Mm -hmm. iPod came along. So yes, they were existing markets, but they were not mass market in the same way. They made new markets. With cars, I don't know how you can do that just as easily because we have a market now that has been served since the late 19th century. So now that we've gotten there, now that Ford had got mass production with a Model T and all that stuff, where is the place for another player if they want to be mass market, because right now Tesla is trying to show us they can produce mass market electric cars. I don't mean 50 or 100,000 luxury cars. I mean cars like regular people buy. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen they can do that yet. You can't count these guys out. Nope, you can't count them out yet. And I think that this is a market that doesn't have to be binary, meaning you are successful or not. I I think there's room for multiple players in that space because the electric car market is not uh, uh, as big as it eventually will be. And the self-driving car market is something that that companies are just now trying to turn into a thing. So there's space in in that market. I think the real issue here for Apple is where do they fit? And can they bring something that's that much better than what everyone else is offering? Can they disrupt the space? 
And I have a feeling that right now Apple is is figuring out if that's something they really can do. And, and I think that's why we're starting to hear these stories about they've restructured again, they've laid off some people from some teams, but they still have like a thousand people on this project. I think the fact that Bob Mansfield is not afraid to make hard decisions about the course of a project, that's a good thing. And my guess is that he's keeping the project focused we may still see an Apple car, or maybe not. It's it's one of those things where I think Apple is very serious about pursuing this, but that doesn't mean that in the end we're going to be driving cars that have little Apple hood ornaments. Now, the other possibility is what I will call, this is the name I coined for it, Apple Drive, being autonomous driving, just like we have CarPlay now. Mm-hmm. So that would be the alternative. The thing is, however, if Apple licenses that technology to automakers, would they not have to find a way to abstract all the hardware systems in a car so Apple takes control of braking and steering, etc.? How would this work in practice? That's going to be complicated. Yes, and it would also be a path that Apple is not known for pursuing, which is developing a product and then licensing it to other companies. It doesn't mean they won't do that but it doesn't feel like the Apple way. All right. So that's the possibility. Obviously, Apple has time because this is something that's going to take, what, four or five years to figure out. Oh, sure. Right. And at some point in time, they will have to make a decision what direction to take. Is this going to be a car? Is this going to be self-driving technology? What will it be? Right now, as most people know, Apple in the car is CarPlay, which is basically casting or streaming your iPhone with a wired connection to your car where you can access some features on its infotainment system. It's very limited. Have you ever played with CarPlay? A a little bit. Yeah. And it it hasn't been exciting enough for me to want to get CarPlay in my car. It's available in more cars now, but a lot of the car makers are doing this is really obviously self-interest in their part is, you know what? We have CarPlay, let's have Android Auto in there. Why should we discriminate? So they put both. I've seen that increasingly. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if this is an exclusive technology. If you have an Android car, you use that version. If you have uh, an Android phone, you use that version. If you have an iPhone, you use that version. But with the iPhone, the limitation right now, and we can talk about this, is it has to be wired, Okay. You plug into the car's USB port. There will be a wireless version next year, Mm -hmm. except the only car it will be on will be the BMW 5 Series. So if you have $50,000 for a car, you're cool. But the rest of us who haven't done that kind of thing in a few years because we're living in the real world, well, we won't be able to have that. I think when it becomes wireless for anybody with a normal car, then I think it may come into its own. But being wired, it's just not there yet. The fact that this is going to be wireless on one car only initially is not something that I see as a concern. It's just that that's how it goes. You have to start somewhere. And we've seen the same thing with CarPlay for for other vehicles. At first, it was very limited, and then it's been growing, and now... It's not difficult to find a car that has CarPlay support. 
And I think it'll be the same with the, with the Bluetooth wireless version. And it'll just take a little bit of time. And it's going to be a hardware issue. So you can't just take your existing car and have this happen. I don't think it's going to be a new car with a new infotainment system. I believe Pioneer is making CarPlay systems that you can add to a vehicle as an aftermarket thing. Well, obviously, I'm not. But otherwise, you've got to basically get yourself a new car. Yes, yes, that's true. And most people don't buy aftermarket audio systems anymore. I don't think because the audio systems in cars are getting better and better, and they've reached a point now where even a fairly inexpensive car has at least an adequate audio system there mm-hmm. so the need for an aftermarket is i think for the older cars because they're starting to develop smarts with autos yes. in terms of infotainment even volkswagen and i took a test drive in an sc a 2017 sc the other day just uh-huh. for the heck of it and they have it right it's got a very responsive touch interface and everything that's great so you know, I don't think that's an issue there. All right, but anyway, with Apple, obviously CarPlay is is simple compared to anything else because it's like Apple TV. It's streaming to the system with a wired connection. Mm-hmm. But with an Apple Drive kind of system, autonomous driving, what has to happen here is it has to control every element of that car's operation. The engine, right. the braking, the steering... It's all got to be under the control. The rear view mirror, everything has to be managed. And the so, car needs to have the sensors so that it knows what's around it when it's driving. And Apple would need to be able to tap into that too. So that would be it there. Apple would probably have to set up a special platform for this where automakers, if they want to use Apple's technology, and they're developing their own, as we can obviously realize, if they want to use Apple's technology in such a case, they would have to meet a standard or Apple would have to right. have a way to completely abstract their system. So any normal range of these operations and functions on a car could be controlled. See, that sounds a lot like it. If you compare this to the PC world, it sounds a lot like what Microsoft has done with Windows. What we're talking about here is for... Apple to be like Microsoft to be able to deal with varieties of cars without forcing anything but maybe having a chip in there that would support the Apple system. We've got more to come with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillows supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com, sunshine-pillows.com. Hi, I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we are fighting to end premature birth and birth defects along with the March of Dimes. You can do something today to give them tomorrow. Your support means programs, education, life-saving research, and a voice for families in the newborn intensive care unit. Together we can save babies' lives. Give them tomorrow at marchofdimes.org slash tomorrow. Back to your Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. So think about this, guys. If Apple doesn't build a car, maybe they build the self-driving system. So it would have to be kind of like Windows running on any generic PC. So they maybe abstract the systems and maybe there's an enabling chip in the car. It would have to meet a certain minimum standard of sensors that would integrate. But it could be done in a way that any car maker could offer this option without charging lots and lots of money. Or it'd be from the factory. It wouldn't be something you add later. It would be our car comes with Apple Drive for self-driving. The question would be, if Apple offers that, would manufacturers be willing to cede control of that? Because each automaker wants to build that themselves. Any Mm -hmm. new car you've got, they've got blind spot monitoring, and they have this auto braking system where if it senses you're getting too close to a car, the brakes can be activated. You have all these systems now all these warnings, which are part of almost every car, even a fairly cheap car now, that's the prelude to Mm -hmm. autonomous driving. They're doing that now. So would there be a place for Apple to offer that technology? I think the same is for Google. Is there a place for it? There's probably a place. This whole market is still so new that we have no idea how it's all going to shake out. So I think there's probably a place for Apple and Google in this whole car self-driving autonomous thing. Uh, What I think is likely for Apple, if they don't build the entire car themselves, that what they will do instead is partner with a specific car maker. So instead of being something where where they design a Windows-ish philosophy of lowest common denominator, and then, and then it's just compatible with a lot of different car systems. 
they'll partner with someone and build a car that fits into Apple's closed ecosystem and uses Apple's technology and is built hand in hand with, with whatever that car maker is. And not all car makers, I guess, can do this or want to. We'll have to see. Or they might right. be trying and then decide, you know what, Apple has a turnkey solution. We should take theirs. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many opportunities here because this market is still so young. That's where Apple succeeds most. More than the car, the technology. Right. And yeah, and if Apple can find the right company to partner with, assuming they don't make their own vehicle, then they could have a, a, a really strong alliance and potentially have a really interesting car. And, and I mean interesting in a really good way. It, it could be a very compelling purchase for a lot of people. Apple Drive. Hmm. Let's look at what we expect in the new Mac announcements here. The 27th of October, a Thursday, strange for Apple, which is usually Monday and Tuesday for their announcements. They're doing this on a Thursday, October 27th. Mm-hmm. So what do we expect to see? What compelling features for the new Macs? Well, I think that we're going to see two of the Mac lines updated for sure. That, and that will be the laptop line and the iMac line. And I think that we are going to get the upgrade or processor upgrade that we've been waiting for, but it may not be the one people are hoping for. So the, the processors that Apple is using, like in the MacBook Pro, it's Intel's codename Haswell processor chipset. So a year ago, the successor to Haswell, Skylake, was released. Apple has not incorporated that. So here we are, and uh, and we are a couple months or so into Intel shipping the successor to Skylake, which is the KB Lake processor set. So I think Apple is finally going to move on from the Haswell processors, but I think they're going to go to Skylake and not KB Lake. And I think that's because the KB Lake processors may not be available in the quantities that Apple needs. I hope I'm wrong because I would like to see Apple move to the KB Lake, not because it's so much better than Skylake. It's an incremental improvement over Skylake, but because it has better power management. And if you're using a mobile computer, power management's an important thing. But I think we'll be seeing the Skylake processors instead because the quantities are there for, for Apple to buy. So we'll get that. And then we will see the demise of the traditional Thunderbolt 2 port that we're used to seeing on our computers. And that will be replaced with the USB-C style port. And uh, on the MacBook Pro, that will let you do all the different versions of USB. But then also Thunderbolt 3 because Thunderbolt 3 uses that same port shape as USB-C. So we'll get faster Thunderbolt, we'll get a a more robust USB port, and we will lose the MagSafe connector port, which just breaks my heart, because that's been a lifesaver for me more than once. And uh, then on the laptop, there's the Magic Toolbar. Now, Apple hasn't announced this yet, but the assumption is that the row of function keys at the top of your keyboard is going away. 
And that's going to be replaced with a touch-sensitive OLED screen strip display. And so that strip will be sort of like a dynamic function bar. So whatever you are currently doing, like what app you're in, what you see on that strip can change. You can have information about an application. You can have uh, little places you tap that become the function buttons if... uh, if that's what they need to be for that application. And I think that's going to be a first step towards down the road. Apple eventually turning all of the keys into dynamically configurable keys as well. I don't think we're going to see that for at least a couple years. But, you know, the idea of being able to buy a Mac and when you take it out of the box and turn it on and it says, what language would you like? and you choose whatever language that is, the keyboard just magically becomes that. The thing that bothers me here is mm-hmm. a regular touchscreen is not going to have the feel of a regular keyboard. Well, I think that Apple will use regular keys. What we're used to seeing for keys on that dynamic keyboard, each key will have its own little display. So what you see on the key surface will change, but it will still be a mechanical key that you're depressing, just like you do today. Except for that function strip, that that will be just a flat touch-sensitive strip. But that keyboard, that's not coming for a little while. Now, the touch-sensitive strip, which is what, the magic toolbars? That's that's what we're assuming it's called. Mm -hmm. Because Apple has a patent filing. And they like magic, magic mouse and magic trackpad. Okay, so we understand Apple's into magic. Or maybe they got too much into Doctor Strange comics when they were kids. It could happen. They're into the weirdness of Steve Ditko, who could be a pretty weird guy if you look up his history. And he's still around, by the way. He's one of the guys who created Spider-Man. He's still around, but he can be strange. All right, just getting into this now. In order for this to work, Apple would have to have an API to allow app developers to go in there and add their customizations. Right. So that means we're looking at a bunch of app updates. And And we know, of course, that Adobe, Quark, and Microsoft won't care. I think Microsoft will care. I think think Microsoft is all about being the go-to on all platforms now. And that's that's part of Satya Nadella. Wow. Man, have you ever had a day when you just can't get someone's name out of your mouth? Satya Nadella. There we go. I think that's part of his vision. And he he wants to make sure that Microsoft's products are the compelling choices on different platforms. So I bet Microsoft will embrace the magic toolbar fairly quickly. Apple will make sure that its apps are updated right away to take advantage of the magic toolbar. Adobe... They'll get around to it, but I don't think that they will be as fast to respond as Microsoft. And uh, and then I think third-party app developers, they'll jump on this fairly quickly because this is something that can set them apart from their competition. Let's set this announcement apart from the competition. With Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer and Gene Steinberg, this is the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. 
Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Want to build a maintenance-free, low-and-slow charcoal briquette fire that burns for hours? For free, MeatMastersRadio.com will show you how to build a low-temp charcoal fire that's guaranteed fiddle-proof. It's easy and free. MeatMastersRadio.com teaches charcoal barbecue skills on new topics every week. Go to MeatMastersRadio.com. That's MeatMastersRadio.com. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call one 800 958 9256. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-9256. Call 1-800-958-9256. 1-800-958-9256. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack Technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready to eat right from the pack bacon or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Okay, so the Magic Toolbar context-sensitive replacement for the function keys on the new MacBook Pro probably, but not necessarily the cheaper MacBook Air. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the things that Apple uses as a differentiating feature for its Pro laptop line. So we won't see this on the MacBook Air, and we won't see it on the MacBook either. This will be a MacBook Pro feature. Uh, There's a rumor that the 11-inch MacBook Air is going to be discontinued. And so that that would mean we'd have a 13-inch MacBook Air and a 12-inch MacBook I'm curious what Apple's going to do with the MacBook Air line because it doesn't fit very well right now. Now, the interesting thing here about the MacBook Air, the 13-inch, it's only $100 more than the 11-inch. But if you reduce the price by $100, you still have an entry-level Mac notebook, but now with a much bigger screen. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so maybe Apple's going to reposition the MacBook Air as a low-cost alternative or lower-cost alternative to budget PCs and maybe to the Chromebook lines, but it'll still definitely cost more than than a Chromebook. It's one of those products that it's it's just kind of hard right now to figure out where Apple is fitting this into their lineup. It's it's just kind of weird. I can see why they would ditch the 11-inch if they're trying to reposition the the Air as, a, say, the all-in-one school computer, maybe. I don't know. I still see a reason for the 11-inch. I think 11 inches is too small. That's my personal opinion, but my son has one, and he seems to like it. And, and I do know people that love their 11-inch computer. So for some people, it's it's a great thing, but it can't be your primary computer, I think, at 11 inches. A 13-inch MacBook Air, sure, depending on what you need it for, that could be a great uh, uh, single computer setup for you. Uh, but then the 12-inch computer that they have, that I think that's what's killing off the 11-inch Air, assuming Apple does get rid of it. And I think that's because the 12-inch screen, it's big enough, whereas the 11-inch, a lot of people thought was too small. It's also retina, so you get the higher resolution. And it's a, it's a really nice, lightweight, powerful machine with a retina display, a screen that's not too big and not too small. So it kind of hits a sweet spot. It's and, the Apple Goldilocks. Yeah, it's like an Apple Goldilocks machine. I will, I will totally accept that description. Now, I would like to see the MacBook become $200 cheaper. I would like to see that, too. I don't expect that will happen, but I would like to see that. Well, Apple is not above reducing price on Macs. They've been doing it a while. I mean, look what the price reductions have been on the 27-inch iMac. Because right now, it's all 5K, and the prices are down from what they used to be. Yes, that's true. So maybe we will see a price drop on the MacBook. I, I don't think... It would be a $200 price drop, but but I'm with you. I, w- I would like to see it at a lower price point. I think that Apple could sell markedly more if they dropped the price a couple hundred dollars. 
But that said, people sure are buying them. I, I see the 12-inch MacBook all over everywhere around Boulder. People are loving it. You see, this puts the lie to the people who say this is no good because it doesn't have lots of ports. Most people on the road, most people, don't need to plug a lot of things in. That's they just true. want something with internet access, which is going to be wireless in most places they go to. They have a convenient place to plug in their charger. And that's all they need. Mm-hmm. It's got enough performance. In fact, I can probably edit this radio show on it. The new one is that good. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that bothers me is the screen is too small. The display is too small. If there was a 15-inch MacBook, I'd really take it seriously if I was in the market for a new notebook and has spare whatever that would be, like fifteen ninety nine or whatever the increased sure. price would be. I do think... There is a lot of place for it. I think if you actually looked at most road warriors and the kind of work they do and what they do on the road, it's perfect. Okay, so the iMac, what do they do with the iMac? Just a standard speed bump? Yes. So Skylake processors. So we'll get the speed bump. Of, I think that we'll see USB-C come to the iMac as well. And... I've heard people say they think that there's going to be a form factor change, but I don't think so. I think Apple has hit a a really good spot with the iMac design. They they may make it look a little sleeker or something, but the pedestal where it looks like all you have is a display, I think that's what Apple's going to stick with for quite a while for the iMac. It's, It's a design that works really well. Unless you want to upgrade something. Unless you want to upgrade something, but if you're buying an iMac, you're, you're buying a computer that you assume out of the box, you're really not going to be doing any upgrades on. Well, with but an iMac, anymore, if you're adding memory on an iMac, it's very simple. Uh, I mean, true. when you say it's the five-minute upgrade, it is. That's true. Yes. Sir, yeah. Some of the iMac models, you can do the memory upgrade on, and I think it's great that Apple has left that as an option, especially since on so many of their computers, what you buy from the factory or right in the store, that's what you get, and that's it. The The only way you can expand what it does is by plugging stuff in externally. So no memory upgrades, no, no uh, SSD upgrades. It's just, it is what it is. So... Now, the Mac Mini, I'm really disappointed with. In 2014, they cut the price $100. You always had in the previous generation Mac Mini very easy memory upgrades. They took it away. They took Mm -hmm. away the four-core processor. Only two cores are being offered. So it was a downgrade. Yeah, it really felt like a downgrade to me, too. Okay. But it's two years. So does Apple just refresh the chips and leave it be? Or maybe just kill it. It, it may be that, that Apple's plan is to move away from computers where you have to plug in a display to use it. They may be just becoming an all-in-one manufacturer across the board. That's how I they mean, started. That's how they started. And it's very possible that's where they're going. It, I'm not seeing any indications that, that have me confident that we're going to get a Mac Mini upgrade on the 27th. And it's the same for the Mac Pro. It's it's these are just devices where I question if Apple is planning on continuing to make them. Well, your colleague had an article saying the Mac Pro is toast. Ah, uh, yes, John Martellaro. Yes, 
and yeah, and John thinks it's it's a dead in the water product because Apple has not done anything to upgrade it since it was released. What three and a half years ago now? I and- think it was a misfire then, and I'll tell you why in a moment. We have to do this break. We also have Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, where you get the commercial-free version of this show for a low subscription rate. More to come with Gene Steinberg, Jeff Gamut on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Kiss your credit card debt goodbye. I'm Pharmacist Keith, Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you how to achieve financial peace, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. 
Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. Have you ever wondered why farmers can keep their livestock lean and healthy just by feeding them minerals in a nutrient-dense diet? Before market, they cut off their minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains to fatten them up. So if weight control is this easy, why does the medical system prescribe invasive surgical gastric bypass for humans? The truth be told, according to research, you can avoid over 900 different diseases just by getting 90 essential nutrients daily. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com and order your Healthy Start Pack and get your 90 for life. Or dial 855-301-TEAM. I said essential, not optional, and every day. Easy. 90 for life on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com or call 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com at sonsoflibertyteam.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Okay, Mac Pro. Your colleague mm-hmm. John Martellaro says this is it. Apple is killing it. I think they killed the design when they came out with it. It looks nice, but it's totally impractical. No internal expansion. Just your standard stuff. You can't add internal hard drives. You can't mm-hmm. add internal graphics cards. And you have all this external expansion, but you then have this pretty little box or circular garbage can. And then as soon as you add a bunch of things like RAID drives and breakout boxes, you have a wiring harness nightmare. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the Mac Pro... It's one of those products that I like on one hand and I'm very disappointed in on the other. So I I like the design, even though it's not practical. I like the engineering that went into it. I mean, that's a computer that I don't think any other company could have designed. It was only Apple. And it's a really neat little machine, even though it's several years out of date now. But uh, it's it's a neat little machine. The, it the also part- appeals to an audience sure. that isn't I mean, it, quite it reached by the 27-inch iMac. And we're talking about 3D rendering for movies. We're talking about scientific calculations. And yeah, the iMac can do that, but the iMac is four-core. Unless they come up with an eight-core iMac, and they do have eight-core Intel core chips. Yes, that's true. So would there be a high-end iMac to maybe replace more of the market for the Mac Pro and then Apple is more free to get rid of it? Maybe. Okay, as we've been talking, I've come up with with a harebrained idea. Um, Apple Is there any other kind? Um occasionally, but I rarely find them. So next year is when Intel is going to release their significantly improved chips so we've seen these incremental updates from haswell to skylake to to kb lake and next year that's when we're going to get the these new chips that that are a big leap ahead of where we are right now maybe apple is waiting for that before they they do something really big with shaking up the computer lineup 
maybe what they're doing is waiting for that. And that's when the Mac Pro is officially killed and the iMac gets the horsepower boost that it needs to be the professional machine without internal expandability that the Mac Pro is supposed to be. So they add a couple of extra ports to it. They offer, maybe they offer two drives in there because you have two drives in a Fusion drive. You have a solid-state drive and a regular drive. Maybe they'll give you the capability of having two solid-state drives. Sure. There's no reason why, why they couldn't. So, But in the meantime... I think that the Mac Pro is on borrowed time. And I so want to be wrong because because Apple could do so much with a professional computer, a professional desktop computer. It's all marketing, though, because there's nothing in the design that can't be quickly updated in terms of the Xeon processors, in terms of graphics, etc. So either they kept the same form factor, the investment in doing an upgrade would be very low. Yeah, I think overall it would not be that big of a deal. And I find it fascinating that here we are three and a half years into this computer and Apple has done absolutely nothing to it. Remember, this is not coming off the rumor mill because Apple builds the Mac Pro in America. Right. Austin, Texas. So there's no supply chain chatter. Apple could be working on incremental update for this and you may not hear it until it's time. How did we know anything about the 2013 Mac Pro? We didn't accept that Apple promised it. That's right. Yeah, the the first inkling we had of that computer was when Apple unveiled it for us. Because, again, where it's built. That's the one thing that Apple has. You see, right now, the reason we have all these rumors about Apple products is because of the Asian supply chain. So they're dealing with all these companies And immediately, as soon as something happens, we get word on it. That's why we knew, for example, that the iPhone 7 would not have a headphone jack because the prototypes were out there already. Mm -hmm. And with millions of people building these things, it was very easy for the word to get out. And Apple really can't stop that because they can't just fire suppliers that they may have spent tens of millions of dollars setting up with production lines and special customized equipment. So they accept that. Right. They know that's going to happen. That's part of the cost of doing business. But when you deal with a Mac Pro, which is built at an assembly plant in Austin, Texas, they have control. They have total control. And that's why it was a complete surprise when it came out. So Apple's in a position where they could totally surprise us with a new Mac Pro on the 27th. And we wouldn't have seen whatever it is coming because there were no leaks. And that would be nice. One more thing. Hey, the Mac Pro hasn't been updated in a while. Here's what we're doing. I suppose Apple could also work on an intermediate solution between the cheese grater and the trash can. And that is a larger Mac Pro with some internal expansion. It doesn't have to weigh 40 pounds. It could weigh 15 pounds. Sure. Two drives, two PCI cards, something like that. Two Xeon chips. They could say, we heard you that you wanted more internal expansion, we'll have a special Mac Pro, a Mac Pro Deluxe or something. If you want that, here it is. If not, we'll continue to update the current version. That will require a bit of an investment. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, and part of the problem is I don't know if Apple feels like that's a market they need to be pursuing anymore. And if they don't, then the Mac Pro's on borrowed time. It and depends on Apple's been. commitment to doing that thing. I think there's a lot of prestige that comes with the Mac Pro. And I think there's a reason, even if they sell 50000 a year, I don't know what the sales are. If they sell fifty or 100000 a year, I think... There's ample justification to either offer a Mac Pro or offer an iMac Pro, something to cater to that market. I agree. Now we just have to convince Apple of the same thing. And maybe they're on board with us or, or maybe not. We'll, we'll know on the 27th. If, if we don't see a new Mac Pro on the 27th, I think that is Apple's passive-aggressive way of telling us that it's a dead product. Passive-aggressive, meaning that for a product to disappear from the product line, it sort of fades out quietly. But that, of course, will be saying a lot because the first headline will see, Apple offers no Mac Pro upgrade path at October 27th event. So if they say nothing, that itself is an announcement. Oh, yes. Yeah, that would be a very loud yet silent announcement. And uh, honestly, I think that's the announcement we're going to get. No Mac Pro. But uh, but finally, a significant update to the MacBook Pro and a nice upgrade for the, for the iMac. And as I said, they can do a lot of upgrades with the iMac. Yes, they can. I think it'll be interesting to see if we do have anything on the the Mac Mini front. Now, as I said, there are eight core Intel Core i7 chips. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. There are eight core. Just bear that in mind. That would be kind of cool. They first introduced the eight-core desktop processor in 2014. Uh-huh. Okay. So it is out there. Apple has not opted to use it, but they can certainly do if they want. They can certainly yeah. offer that as a processor upgrade path for the iMac. And that would be the message saying, you know what, we're not going to have a Mac Pro, but we'll get a lot of what's going on in there in the iMac. we got more to come with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, GSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing PIX Wireless. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, or unlock GSM phones with PIX and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PixWireless.com, spelled P-I-X Wireless.com. Pick picks and get connected today. Are you living your passion? Are you pumped to go to work because you get to talk about or work with or do the things that interest you the most? Is working, playing, and relaxing one and the same? As long as you're working for someone else, you'll never be living entirely true to yourself and your passion. I'm Pharmacist Keith. Let me show you how you can work around your current schedule, create the extra income so you can live your passion. Visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Radio.recordedvideo.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. For one more segment with Jeff. We're talking about Apple's October 27th media event, the assumption being there may not be any announcements about the 
Mac Pro, and I was dropping the possibility that an iMac can mostly match it in different ways with better graphics and with the Intel 8-core Core i7 processor. So the ways to do it. Let's see how that plays out. Let's go back to other stuff here. Okay. Now, we all know about Samsung's problems. Their Mm -hmm. Galaxy Note 7 was too hot to handle. We have one (laughs) report of an iPhone 7 possibly catching fire. But that's not 100. That's one. And to be perfectly frank, over the years, there have been reports occasionally smartphones do overheat. Occasionally, there are problems. The problem Mm -hmm. with Samsung was that it was happening all the time. Right. Yes. Samsung with uh, the Galaxy Note 7 smartphone was seeing a significantly higher percentage of battery failures, catastrophic battery failures, than you should see in the market as a whole. So they they sold about 5 million-ish Note 7s. Out of those 5 million, they had about 100 that caught fire. When you look at, oh, wow, it's 5 million and only 100, on on one hand, it doesn't seem like that significant, but that's actually a a significantly high number of phones that got fire. The lithium-ion batteries that we're using today, they have a failure rate of about 1 in 10 million. So what, what that means is that out of every 10 million uh, lithium-ion batteries that are produced, one may be able to catch fire. And we've seen a significantly higher number from Samsung. So now we have this report out of Australia that a guy's iPhone caught on fire in his car, and the phone burned, and part of his car burned. It's one iPhone 7. So I, I'm not saying, geez, it's only one phone. I'm What I'm doing is pointing out that we have a significantly lower percentage of iPhones, iPhone 7s, that have caught fire than Samsung phones. And when I extrapolate out from that, I have a feeling because the iPhone 7 has been on the market for several weeks, and this is the first incident of this, that this happens to be that one in 10 million where it was just a bad battery and it failed. And And right uh, now I bet sales are probably 20, 30 million. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. iPhones as a whole outsell specific models of Samsung phones by large numbers. When you aggregate the Samsung numbers, they are outselling the iPhone. But when you look at specific models, that's where the big difference comes in. So if you look at all of Samsung sales, because I've seen some people comparing all of the iPhone sales to the Note 7 incident, and that's not a fair comparison because that makes it, it look like like Apple has had, like uh, statistically speaking, no phones catch fire ever. That's not true. There have been a handful over the years. So out of a billion phones, there's what, like five or ten that caught fire. And then with Samsung, if you look at the total number of phones that they've made and the numbers that have actually caught on fire, what happened with the Note 7 in aggregate is not a huge thing. But the fact that you had so many of one specific model catch fire, that was a serious problem. We're not seeing that with the iPhone 7. It could happen. And if it does, well, then Apple needs to address it immediately and very transparently, unlike the way Samsung handled the Note 7 problem. 
as far as Samsung is concerned, they don't seem to understand damage control at all. I mean, if you go to the Samsung site, you know what you have to do if you have a Galaxy Note 7. But I don't see the contrition on the part of Samsung's executives. And I use as a comparable example, do you remember back in the 80s when there were contaminated bottles of Tylenol? Oh, yes. I remember that very well. My, my dad was on the Food and Drug Administration investigation team on that, on that case. So, yes, I remember it very well. Now, Johnson Johnson was very smart and upfront about how to manage that. Mm-hmm. And they managed it well, and they reassured customers, and eventually the business came back. Things happened. They showed you how they're making their bottles much harder to tamper with. Mm-hmm. All this stuff to show this is a company that recognizes there was a problem and they did something. That is responsible damage control. Tim Cook, when Apple Maps failed, he comes up with an announcement. We're sorry. Use the competition's mapping software till we get this right. Samsung, crickets. Yeah, that was a problem, a a big problem. Look at where Samsung is with this now. They had to discontinue the product line. They may not be able to use the Note brand name ever again because it's so tainted. We have a federal ban on taking Note 7s onto airplanes in the United States. It's just this ugly mess. Had Samsung been transparent from the beginning and very upfront about what was going on, it could be that this would have been handled quickly and quietly, and we wouldn't even be doing the comparison of Note 7 fires to this one iPhone fire. It, see, it would the way all be it would have been played out is for the CEO of Samsung to come on TV with the translator from Korean, unless he speaks English, and say, we are sorry this happened. And we want you to have faith in Samsung and faith that we'll get this right. We'll do everything we can to avoid this ever happening again because we care about our customers. We care about you. A 30-second announcement played on T3 for a week with a little more proactive response to this would have been the proper thing. I think that there might be some arrogance at play here. Yeah, and not wanting to appear weak or as if you have egg on your face. They dealt with this in a way that I'm assuming they they felt was appropriate. But boy, did it backfire because it was exactly not how to deal with with this case. And you know, it's not as if it's a secret how to handle damage control. There's plenty of information on Google. They could Google it. I mean, they're partners with Google. They know how to Google something. Google corporate damage control. Corporate damage control. Let me see what I get, okay? We're to Google corporate damage control right now. Mm-hmm. And let's see what we see. And I assume they see the same thing in South Korea. How to emerge from a business crisis. The Ten Commandments of Damage Control. The Art of Damage Control. There's if no secret someone- here. There's a lot of information out there. How to do it. If, if only someone at Samsung had done the Google search that you did. Right. It took me two minutes. Samsung, you owe me $100 million for solving your problems. Jeff Gamut, where do we find more of your stuff? Oh, you can find me hanging out over at MacObserver.com with a, a lot of other really talented writers. And you can find me on podcasts like the Mac Observer Daily Observations, Apple Context Machine, sometimes here with Eugene, and, uh, and a bunch of other shows, too. And you can find me on Twitter. I am Jay Gamut. And he will now go to CWTV to watch Supergirl 
and Superman. I'm clearing my schedule. You can bet he's not, but he'll say that just to be polite. We have a presence on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. That's Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast at Paracast.com. And we have a really special guest this week, Gary Lockman, who, as a rock bassist, was known as Gary Valentine in the 70s and 80s. He was a founding bassist for Blondie. What does that have to do with the paranormal show? Because he writes about the paranormal. And he did a bio of somebody who also did a philosopher named Colin Wilson. So that's the Paracast at Paracast.com. And by the way, Gary is also a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, despite the protests from Debbie Harry. <laughs> Paracast.com. You also can check out Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com where we offer a commercial-free version of this radio show, better quality audio, all for a very modest subscription rate. You want to get rid of ads, you got to pay for it. That's how it works, folks. Go to plus.technightowl.com. Jeff Gamut, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me on. It's always a blast. is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.